Welcome back around to Indie Game Entrepreneur. Good to see you. I'm your host, Chris Norman. Our guest today is Burak, founder of Nowhere Studios. Not only has he made some amazing amazing games and really uh, pushing that envelope, but his team has really been great at uh, marketing and being able to kind of uh, publish information on that. So I'm excited to talk to him about that subject and talk to him more about uh, things he's working on. So let's get to the interview. Burak, thanks for joining us. Hello, Chris. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course. So, so, uh, so why did you choose game development um, as something you want to do full-time? Uh, well, I don't know. It was like uh, <laughs> 10 years ago, I guess. Uh, 10 years ago from now. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was doing my study on game theory. And it wasn't related with uh, game industry at all. Uh, if you know, game theory is the branch of uh, microeconomics. Uh, this is like decision-making processes, etc. I mean, it applies to game design a little, but it, it applies to many other things as well, like I mean, uh, international politics or you know, uh, sometimes matching algorithms, uh, lots of stuff like that, and. Uh, I think, I mean, uh, there was a friend of mine. I mean, uh, they were trying to uh, open a department in their big software company. And uh, he asked for my help about um, uh, building some new uh, game ideas, etc. That I, I might be a good fit, he thought. And I said, okay, why not? I can try. I mean, I like games. Uh, I like game theory. I mean, maybe we can find some uh, nice little field that. Uh, my knowledge would apply. Uh, then uh, that's how I entered. <laughs> I guess I, mean, I was <laughs> I, I became a project coordinator. Then when I was doing my PhD, then I left my PhD. Then I didn't like how uh, the things were was uh, working at that company, and I started my own. And uh, <laughs> things, things evolved pretty fast, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. You just kind of fell into it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> So obviously, yeah. uh, Burke, you, you've been doing this for for a number of years. You now have a, a growing team uh, supporting you at the at the um, your company. Since you started yeah. this journey, uh, what are some vital things that you've learned that you kind of can you know can pass on to someone else? Uh, well, we made lots of mistakes. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, while developing our first game, Monochroma, we made lots of mistakes. Uh, I don't want to repeat them. Um, actually, I don't want uh, anyone to repeat them, but uh, it doesn't work this way, I guess. I mean, uh, people tend to do uh, mistakes uh, if they haven't experienced them uh, themselves, you know. Uh, well, first of all, for example, uh, we didn't work with a publisher. Uh, we thought that uh, it was a cool thing uh, to go on our own, and, and you know, uh, we're indies we're the proud indies and <laughs> but i mean uh, we didn't know anything about uh how i mean how games were selling at that point or you know uh, how you would reach your target audience uh, i mean uh, how much time you should spend uh for the development of the game even i mean uh, there are some you know uh, some crucial decisions that uh, you can't make at that point so and uh, we were acting on the blind, and uh, we made lots of mistakes. I mean, I don't want to uh, repeat them. Uh, and if uh, if you ask this, the most important single thing, 
I can say I can say that uh, games don't sell on their own. Yeah, that's 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 so true. I think it's important <laughs> because uh, sometimes we're we're, we're we're proud people, right? We want to kind of do it our own way and and uh, put our path. There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, be, being open to new ideas, right? Being open to like you know what, maybe this idea is going to work, even though it's not from our own. And if that's a publisher and and not being so focused on what we call selling out, right? Well, you know, okay, I, I want to go this way alone. But, but just to be open because at the end of the day, if we're not putting food on our on our table or that of our company or employees or whatnot, uh, we're not going to get anywhere. So we have to find resourceful ideas to kind of push forward. And uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's important is that there will be failures, but just be <laughs> open to, to new ideas. So... Um, uh, somehow it is, you know, uh, somehow it is easier to accept that uh, you need some uh, professional help uh, on technical stuff. Uh, like, I mean, uh, when you can't uh, develop something on your own or, uh, you know, uh, when you can't uh, make the animation of something on your own. Uh, it's easier to ask for uh, help at that point. But um, on the business side of things, uh, People have that, you know, strange courage <laughs> uh, that I mean, uh, they feel like they can do everything on their own and uh, start of everything. Yeah, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I, de I think definitely being being open to, uh, you know, feedback from others and insights that, uh, you know, we didn't come up with ourselves, I think is important. So humility, I think, is important especially if you want to kind of move forward on that. So yeah, great, great points there, Bert. So now what skill? Obviously, there's a lot of skills. I've talked about this with a lot of developers, hard skills, soft skills. What skills do you think is crucial for an indie developer to have in the marketplace today? Well, uh, maybe we should define first uh, what do you mean by indie developer. Uh, I mean, are you talking about uh, the, the guys like uh, one-man army type of guys that do everything on their own or, you know, small studios like us or uh, a developer that uh, is trying to uh, break in, into into the industry, like uh, being a, you know, employee in a big company? I mean, uh, I, I think uh, all of them require uh, different skill sets. Um, so, I mean... Uh, maybe uh, try to narrow down your question, and I think uh, I, I can maybe try to answer that question. Oh yeah, great, great point. And I think I'm not sure. Everyone's kind of different, right? Sometimes they jump into being a studio right away with some employees. But let's kind of talk about the transition. So we have a developer who's starting solo, right? They're just going it alone. They uh, you don't have mm -hmm. the resources to hire employees. Let's start there. What what skills do they need to be able to kind of reach that next that next step? Uh, I, I think um, yes, uh, to have some kind of a design skill set uh, to start with, and uh, this again is a, a quite quite broad uh, thing to to talk about. I mean, uh, when you think about uh, design, it has storytelling, it has writing, cinematography, it has even art direction, or, you know, I mean, system design, mechanics design. I mean, uh, all of them, you know, are part of 
the design skill set. Uh, but uh, I think this is the most important point. Uh, I don't think that that uh, you know you need to have all of them, uh, but uh, you need to master at least one area of design uh, that you can express yourself uh, uniquely. Uh, if you have that starting point, uh, I think you can ask for help uh, at uh, at the other parts. And so, you know, um, if you're strong in one of these design uh, design skills, uh, then you can find yourself a genre uh, that uh, that, re that really needs that type of design. If you're good at storytelling or if you're good at writing, I mean, you can go for, you know, adventure games, for example. If you're uh, good at system design, mechanics design, maybe you can go for management game, typing games. Uh, if you have that uh, core thing, then uh, you can make a start on your own and then on your way, uh, you can ask for help for, you know, some technical stuff that you can't do on your own. And I think it's an important point too. And I just wanted to add to that because, and I think this has probably been mentioned before, but as a solo indie developer, you're starting from you know from scratch, basically just just you. You can't be good at everything. You cannot be a master at every single yeah. skill of every single ability. So find out what you're good at, hone that, see what's unique about that skill or talent. Maybe it's art. Maybe it's you're very good at thinking in a coding language, and you're really good at just find something doesn't mean you can't develop all your other skills, but I think that's a good point because that's going to be your unique approach to the marketplace is whatever is your, your best talent moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so w with that thought, let's kind of transition that next. So, so here's a solo developer. He has to develop the, uh, maybe a skill set design aspect. Now let's go into the studio kind of where you're at. So you're managing mm -hmm. a team, you're, you're a large, in, well, you know, a, a medium-sized in-game studio. What skills do you think are important at that stage? Well, I mean, uh, now, I mean, I think the technical uh, parts of uh, the skill set uh, becomes more important. Uh, you need uh, uh, you need good programming skills uh, to execute that design, um, uh, and most of the time, it's it's quite hard uh, for a single guy uh, to have all of them. I mean, of course, I mean, we know many indies uh, going on their own, you know, going solo uh, in the market and uh, achieving uh, everything on their own. I'm, I'm a big fan of them. I mean, for example, Eric Bono Baron, this uh, concerned ape guy, or, you know, uh, people like, uh, uh, you name it, Edmund McMillan, uh, uh, um, uh, Jonathan Blow, for example. I mean, I'm uh, really in, in awe of these guys because, I mean, they can, they seem to do everything on their own somehow. Uh, but, I mean, uh, this uh, this requires uh, some kind of a superhuman. I mean, <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I haven't met yet uh, guys uh, in my, I mean, real life uh, mastering all these areas of uh, game development and programming, art, and game design. I mean, uh, most of the time, I mean, uh, these are different skill sets. So, I mean, uh, if you need three different guys, probably it will be on 
uh, design, programming, and art. I mean, because I mean, all of them are uh, very different skill sets. And uh, you need, I mean, in, in general, uh, you need to have a good design to start with. Uh, you need to have a good programming uh, skills to execute that design. Um, you need to have good art to sell that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need all those. All those things, though. So, so that's, that's a good point. So let's kind of move on to the to the marketing side of things. I think it's been right. You you've had a um, you've written some articles about marketing, marketing on Steam, whatnot. So, uh, from your perspective, especially you know having to put again food on the table, not only for your family but also for all your employees. How important is marketing to getting your game into the hands of of people? Not only buy it but play it regularly. Uh, well, I mean, this this is marketing itself. I mean, how important is marketing uh, for this? I mean, this is a hundred percent because I mean uh, that, that's the all. I mean, marketing uh, concern uh, is uh, this part, I believe. Uh, but if you ask, you know, um, uh, how important uh, is or are marketing skills for a developer? Uh, that's a different thing. I mean, uh, from my education, I mean, I started uh, studying economics later on. I made a management master, which is mostly on uh, marketing. I mean, I'm used to uh, think uh, in these terms. Uh, I, I'm not calling uh, myself a marketing guy. I mean, uh, I used to be a producer. Uh, I uh, tried to do the marketing of the game on my own. I mean, I know some stuff, but I'm always uh, trying to be a game designer. And right now, I mean, I'm working as a full-time game designer in the project. Uh, but uh, if you're asking about marketing skill, I mean, um, I think if one doesn't have that skill or, I mean, one, uh, uh, if he doesn't know well what to do about marketing, uh, they should seek professional help about that topic. Um, uh, there are no great guys on working on PR, on uh, marketing consultancy, or you know, uh, there are publishers. Uh, so I mean, uh, these are the guy that uh, you probably need. I mean, even if you think uh, you're good at it, uh, if you're working on your first game, uh, you should seek some uh, professional help. I mean, uh, but you know, I mean, at some point, I mean. Uh, this is something in people's skill sets. He uh, can be uh, good at uh, marketing and art. He can be good at marketing and design, or he can be good at marketing and programming. So he can, uh, so he can try to make his make do his own marketing as well. But it's not about. I mean, it's not about some some kind of a skill that you're naturally good at i mean uh, you, you read about it and you think about it and uh, you're good at uh, after doing this uh, enough time <laughs> right yeah you definitely have to you know put some effort into learning about these different skills whether it's art coding and marketing again is, is one of those skills that developers yeah. need whether they're just going it solo or having a team there has to be someone who is learning that skill constantly or at least that's one of the skills they're learning because and i think it's it feels like at some level ones feel like uh especially if they're not familiar with marketing and they're in the indie game development that's like a lottery right so i'm gonna build a game i'm gonna put it out there let's roll the dice 
All right, let's roll the dice and see if the timing is right and if I put it on the market and if mm-hmm. I'm getting fans and and then they say, well, okay, it didn't work. Uh, but it's it's not about a lottery. It's about putting in the effort and knowledge to be able to get a, a fan base, right? Getting a branding, a message, a marketing, an outreach program to help build that. So not saying that it doesn't have some type of call it luck or some type of timing. For sure it does. But if we're putting in the effort, we're able to kind of, in a sense, tweak the dice a little bit in our favor. We're able to kind of make it so that, you know, the odds are are much better stacked in our favor that the game will uh, do better because we put in the work. So, again, I think that's, you know, maybe you've seen that too, that people just think sometimes that I'm going to build a game and just put it out there and and we'll, we'll just see what happens. Um, but again... That, that mentality is not going to go long-term. You're not going to see game after game after game uh, money coming in. Maybe one game does great, one game does poorly, and vice versa. But again, that consistency happens with with the marketing. Again, it's not going to have it always good. Marketing is not, not the one magic pill, but it's going to be that yeah. one variable to help out. So, so, so Burke... What's kind of the obviously there's a lot of different marketing strategies you've put on things about steam uh, different ways that you've seen marketing work in your profession or your experience what's one marketing tip that you can share that has worked for you and that maybe others could could try themselves well i mean uh, as i as i think expert uh, but i mean from my experience if uh, i mean the most shocking thing uh, I learned uh, was that, for example, for Steam, if you're, if you're talking about Steam, uh, because, I mean, uh, the user scores are, you know, uh, quite reachable there. I mean, uh, we can't uh, easily check this on uh, consoles or uh, other platforms. Uh, there is negative correlation between the copies sold and the game's user score. What does this mean? Uh, this means that, I mean, uh, Good games uh, are selling a few copies, while bad games are <laughs> selling lots of them. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, uh, from uh, from the intuitive approach, you know, I mean, uh, on your um, first intuition, uh, you would think a, a, a good game uh, would sell lots of copies, no? And a good game is uh, defined by uh, somehow the user score of the game. But I mean, it, it doesn't work that way. I mean, uh, uh, this is usually because I mean, if the game is bad and the marketing uh, has been done bad as well, I mean, nobody uh, really cares to do any review or anything uh, for that game. But I mean, if the game is uh, good and the marketing is done well, so I mean, there are guys that uh, doesn't like the game. Uh, in the end, I mean, after playing it, and uh, then I mean, they they they, they write uh, bad reviews about the game. But uh, you know, I mean, uh, if you're a small indie studio and if you didn't uh, make much marketing, but you made a great game, uh, then uh, your user score is quite high. I mean, people like the game, but you couldn't sell the game, and I mean, <laughs> it just stayed there uh, with uh, a couple of people playing the game and. <laughs> But uh, you want as a developer, right? And, and I think it's important with what you've kind of brought out is that one is that if the game is bad, 
not not that no amount of marketing can save it, but as a developer, our job is to make the game appealing, right? The experience, the story is captivating. So that that's our job, right? So so the product has to be good, right? In this case, the product is the game. So the product has to be at least average, <laughs> hopefully better than yeah. that, in order for yeah. any traction to happen. But it's huge because once we have a, a an average game, hopefully it's a yeah, little better than that. You shouldn't probably waste your time by marketing a bad game <laughs> right. in the first place. <laughs> right. That probably won't work out re really well, but but I yeah. think it's important that again it's it's a, it's about traction, right? So if you're able to kind of get your fans, you know, again, wish list it, whatever it might be, right when you release or whatnot, have ones review it, ask for reviews, go out there and market, saying, "Hey, so and so, do you mind reviewing this game?" Because the the traction at the beginning, those review scores, uh, everyone else can decide about it. You probably see the gamer experience someone who's listening that you put a game out there and it's like weeks before it gets a review or it, it, and and that's it's it's tough to to build upon that because you, you if you start off with a few reviews or uh many because you personally reached out to people uh fans or whatnot asking them politely of course see that helps build that traction that, i mean that's one of a thousand yeah. things you could do, but yeah, but I mean, uh, this is the, 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 the thing you're telling is uh, something you can do after you release the game, mm -hmm. and there are tons of things that uh, you should do before releasing the game. And most uh, premium games uh, are being marketed uh, before being released, and, right? And that's another uh, strange thing that uh, I learned after uh, some years in uh, game industry. I, I mean, uh, I thought that uh, marketing. A release game would be easier than to market a uh, unreleased game, uh, but uh, that's not the case. I mean, I mean, you can uh, you can create the hype uh, much more uh, when uh, you haven't uh, released the game yet. Right, and I think and just before moving on, because I think this is a good point uh, as well. Starting early is very very important, even at like you have a concept art idea, um, just something that looks appealing, looks interesting tells a story from an art form you're building upon is start there i mean start as early as possible in the game development again things will change whatnot but the earlier you start then you're able to kind yeah. of you have months maybe years of building fan base that one when the game comes out all of a sudden you can have some more traction and and uh, building upon that well almost everyone right now in game in game marketing uh are you know uh, at the same idea that uh, marketing the game earliest uh, at possible uh, earliest possible is the best thing you can do. And there are some various approaches, like I mean, when you exactly start uh, marketing your game. Uh, some say I mean, like you did uh, after you, you make the first concepts of the game. Some say uh, you should start uh, marketing right after uh, you can release a a gameplay video of it. Um, uh, I mean, uh, we chose, for example, uh, one of the earlier options. And I mean, once uh, we have a few screenshots of, a, of our prototype, uh, we opened our uh, Steam page and uh, we started uh, telling about the game. We are not going, for example, to the media right now, uh, but uh, the, the marketing has already started. That's true. And then, and then kind of a, a point there, too, I was curious about. Um, so kind of mo moving on fr from there into more of a business uh, 
time period. So what's one business advice uh, would you provide a new developer? So obviously they've done the marketing, maybe they're trying to develop this into a business. What type of advice would you provide one? Well, uh, in terms of business, I think they should work with uh, people who know the business. Uh, so probably they should uh, start working uh, with a publisher in their first game at least. Uh, I mean, uh, how to choose that publisher or if that publisher uh, is a fraud guy or not, I mean, this is a different uh, question. And right. You should, of course, uh, uh, pick your uh, publisher very carefully. Uh, but if you can find yourself uh, a good one who knows uh, how the industry works, uh, that's the best thing probably you can do for your, I mean, for the rest of your career. And I agree. Uh, and I agree with that. And one point too is that not not to be desperate to find like that because it could be easy to say, okay, I need a publisher, I need someone to fund my game, and basically just just choosing anyone or just the first person we see. Definitely do some research. It's like a marriage. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. you really you really have to test the waters, do the research, maybe even have a conversation with the publisher seeing if their ideas match yours or whatnot, uh, getting an understanding of, of the relationship before kind of signing anything, I think is, is huge. If, if that's a direction that ones want to go, but yeah, I think just jumping into it. Cause there are a lot of people who just don't care about you. Don't care about your game. They just want to monetize it. And, and just, just be careful on that. If you're going to move, move forward in there, just do the research and, and learn about the publisher prior to making a, yeah. uh, a decision. Well, for example, in our first game, Monochroma, we don't publish. Uh, I think it was a mistake. Uh, I mean, there were, publishers in, there were publishers interested with our game, uh, but uh, we thought of publishers some kind of, a, you know, corporate, corporate evil uh, <laughs> entities. And, and they will, I mean, suck the juice out of our... <laughs> of our games and uh, they will leave us nothing um, but I mean we could, do on our, we could uh, work on our own and go to the market on our own but I mean uh, then we realized we realized that uh, we didn't know we didn't know many things publishing a game uh, and I mean that's usually the case uh, for first game and even in your second or third game you might need a publisher if if uh, they know a good fit for your uh, for your game, if they worked with similar games before, probably they know much much better than uh, you do about the market. Yeah, and I think just before we kind of move on to like maybe some resource ideas, uh, I think it's important too because there's some. If it's going to take five years to make a game, but with a publisher it'll take two years, right, or a year and a half. That's a huge time investment. How many games could you make? Uh, and, and express yourself creatively within that five years, as opposed to having a publisher or not having a publisher. So, so there's so many, uh, so many. Uh, I didn't variables. know that. Is this an average? Uh, what? Where is this number coming from? Oh, I, that's just I, I'm just p pulling numbers out of my brain. Just, just uh, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> uh, hmm. if you're a solo indie developer and you're you're hu doing a huge project, some some games take you know months, some takes a few years. Uh, I know that. Um, one developer, his first game took five years because he was doing it solo. He was uh, yeah. working full time, coming home from work, uh, you know, playing, you know, making his game for two or three hours, and it took him about five years to make his first game. So, um, whereas the publisher, he was able to do it the next time in about two years. So, 
again, uh, all the all the variable. It's it's a very variable, right? So it kind of all changes, but find out what's the best fit for you, and then again, kind of go that direction. So, so so Brock, yeah. what what's um what do you think is one book or a learning resource or something that you think a new developer or someone uh, would be able to benefit from in this uh, environment? Well, um, by the way, I, I didn't tell, but uh, I'm also teaching game production in two universities right now. And uh, to be honest, uh, we don't have a book. Uh, we're not following a book. Uh, I, <coughs> I kind of feel that books are a little bit, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> are a little bit outdated uh, in our era. And uh, not many game industry professionals uh, are uh, writing books. Uh, but uh, I mean, there are some. There are some quality books that I mean, I'm not uh, undermining their importance. Uh, for example, I mean, uh, the book I wrote from Jesse Shelf, uh, the Book of Lenses. Oh yeah. Uh, the Art of Making Video Games, if I remember correctly, uh, was a great book I, I read. And there are some other great books I uh, read, but I mean. Uh, most of the knowledge I learned in this industry are from uh, videos and articles on, you know, places like Gamma Sutra or uh, GDC vote videos or going in, in, into conferences. Uh, I mean, you can uh, find them in much more uh, valuable resources that way. Perfect. Yeah, and I'm sure once I've heard of those resources, but if not, I'll, I'll try to put those in the description so once can follow that for GDC. And um, so, kind Gamma of, Sutra, yeah, yeah, Gamma Sutra, yeah. So, anything else before before we get to kind of your projects and kind of learning more about you, Berg? Anything else you want to mention to new ones entering the field, maybe solo developers, or just in general the indie ones trying to you know create create their games? Any last minute advice you'd want to give them? <laughs> Any last minute advice? I mean, if if I would tell, I mean, don't come. <laughs> would they <laughs> would they listen to me? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, this this is uh, a a very interesting uh, industry, I think, uh, because I mean, there is so much competition, and the reason of that compet of this competition is that I mean, almost everyone uh, in the world uh, would. Uh, like to do, would like to work on video games instead of doing their job right now. I mean, I believe, I mean, 90% uh, of uh, the whole world population uh, would say yes to this. Right. To this. So, uh, I mean, um, this is why, I mean, there's this immense, uh, I mean, astronomical competition in this field. Uh, most of the games, I mean, don't succeed. And I mean, uh, we have very brilliant uh, people, I mean, uh, in the industry. I mean, uh, I think most of these indie days uh, we were talking about uh, right now, I mean, are genius people. I mean, they can do everything. Uh, and they're on top of the industry right now. I mean, uh, because I mean, uh, they have so much, I mean, talent and uh, very large skill set. Uh, but in the end, I mean, if you're uh, one of these lucky few, uh, 
expressing yourself with games uh, is one of the greatest joys in in life, I believe. Uh, because I mean, you're not only expressing your own thoughts, but I mean, you have the chance of you know uh, changing the world with your you know uh, with your views, with your perspective. Uh, uh, I mean, you know the soft power of uh, movies and even uh, the music industry in the uh, 70s, 80s. And now I think uh, games are there, you know. Games, I mean, in our uh, day and age, uh, games are uh, the most powerful um, engagement tool or, you know, um, if you want to uh, encourage people to live a certain kind of life, I mean, games are a great way uh, to tell them about this. Excuse me. I think it's a good idea too because that's a good point. Sorry, some... uh, what I'm telling too long didn't read. Uh, <laughs> sorry about uh, interrupting you. Oh, you're good. <laughs> uh, if you have that passion, you have to do this. Uh, but I mean, other than that, uh, this is not something uh, you can do only for uh, earning money, I guess. No, yeah, and I think I think not just game development, but if you're an artist, musician, I mean, I think following your dream. Or doing what you love to do is an important part, especially nowadays. And and there's a huge mm-hmm. movement now to where there is a large possibility of being able to do that uh, in, in the day we live in today. So you know that's that's a great point. So Berg, kind of just going back to you, in the sense of your company uh, projects you're working on, c- kind of tell us what more about you and and uh, what you're working on or what uh, you have worked on, whatever you want to share. Well. Uh... We are, uh, I mean, as Nowhere Studios, uh, our studio is in Istanbul, Turkey. I personally live in uh, Brussels, Belgium, and uh, but I go back and forth uh, every month at least once. Uh, now, currently, we are working on a life simulation game uh, that can be described as a mix of Stardew Valley and The Sims series. Um, we want to turn this into a big game. Uh, I mean, we're working on an early access version uh, right now for Steam. But if uh, things are uh, going good, I mean, we will keep on working on this project for many years. Um, uh, let's see about that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. And then what I'll do is um, I'll make sure to get the links for ones can follow you, check out the game you work on, the company, whatnot, and see. Uh, what you're doing and kind of follow your journey there. So, uh, Berg, thank you so much for for joining us. I think it was a great conversation on marketing and overall uh, design. I think we had some valuable insights for once. Definitely appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and uh, very cool, uh, very cool channel you have out there. I will keep following you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.